0: When it comes to underwriting, there's a ton of doubles in the details, and a small detail can lead to big losses or even big gains. In this episode, I wanna cover one small detail that some passive investors miss in a sponsor's underwriting that could prevent them from hitting their pro formas early on.
1: This is the Passive Real Estate Strategies Podcast, where we educate career-driven individuals who have tapped out their earning potential, learn about passive real estate investing so you can continue building your wealth without compromising your time or taking on more responsibilities. I'm your host and managing partner at Realm Investors, a multifamily syndication group who has helped multiply millions of dollars for our passive investors. Thanks for tuning in and let's get on with the show. One of the biggest things I see passive investors not quite
0: understand is loss to lease and how it can and should impact underwriting. Now, loss to lease is the difference between what the sponsors feel market rents are and what the actual rents are. So if you have a 100 unit apartment building all with one bedroom units and comparable properties are renting for $800 and your building is renting for $600, that would equate to a $200 loss to lease. A big loss to lease can often mean huge opportunities for a property because that's $200 of additional rent you can capture across 100 units, which is an enormous impact on both cash flow and your overall valuation. But there's a key balance that needs to be struck between capturing large loss to lease and vacancy that many passive investors don't pull into question when analyzing a sponsor's underwriting. When there's a large loss to lease, especially in class C properties, oftentimes burning off that lost to lease too quickly will lead to higher vacancy rates, at least in the short term. We've seen many marketing packages where there's a year one elimination of three figures of lost to lease with no adjustments in vacancy rates. Typically, we like to see some type of balance in lost to lease and vacancy. And if you're going to push all the tenants at once in one year, that's fine, but we'd expect to see a little bit higher vacancy across the property for that year. Or some operators would like to avoid higher vacancies in the early years, so they may project to burn off large loss of leases over a two or three year period. And this is a huge determination of strategy. If rents are shooting up that much, that fast, it may lead to higher vacancy rates than if you slowly and incrementally push tenants up. Also, if capturing some of that loss of lease means renovations need to take place, you also need to consider the time it'll take to rehab those properties, get that initial tenant out fix the property up, then get a new tenant in. And if you have higher vacancies and a bottleneck in being able to turn those units as fast as you can, you could expect to see higher vacancy rates, especially in those early months or years of ownership. And if the sponsor group isn't well capitalized enough to carry those expenses and debt payment, it could put that property in jeopardy. Well, that's it for today's
1: show. Make sure you subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. And if you're looking to learn more about passive real estate investments, make sure you head to our show notes and download our free ebook, The Definitive Guide to Passive Real Estate Strategies, where we reveal the ins and outs of the truly passive ways to invest in real estate. We'll see you on the next episode.